Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Michael Platten, and I have Simon Strawn next to me. Hello, everybody. So, last week we did otitis external, inflammation and irritation of the external ear canal. And now we're going to literally dig a bit deeper and go to the middle ear. And an infection in that area is what we call an acute otitis media. Otitis meaning ear, media meaning the middle of the ear. And that is its own little cavity and ecosystem that is completely separated from the external ear, as we have discussed many times by the eardrum, but is connected to the sinuses through a tube, the auditory tube or the eustachian tube. And a little bit of anatomy that we didn't cover in our first episodes is that in babies, the auditory tube or the eustachian tube is very horizontal. And as you get older, that tube changes angle and becomes more downward facing, downward directing. So that by puberty or end of puberty, you're in the adult anatomy, and which means that it drains downwards into the sinuses. Agree? So why is that important? So just for fluid getting in or infections getting in or... So it's easier in babies. It's easier. Because yeah. it's shorter and it's more horizontal, so it's connected into the back of the nose. Mm. So if, theoretically, if you are lying on your back and you're drinking a bottle of milk and water and milk is pooling in the back of your throat before you swallow it and happens to go up your nose, it could go into your eustachian tube. And... Start an infection. And start an infection. And I think that's important is that the, the functioning of that middle ear, uh, which is that little cavity with the three bones in the middle ear sit, it depends on that eustachian tube being open so that you can equalize pressure uh, by air flowing in and out of that middle ear all the time. Um, so that's the thing. What causes middle ear infection? So the infections are caused, as all infections are, by certain bacteria and viruses. And in children, we know that there are three specific bacteria that cause just about all of the ear infections. But the, And these bacteria, to a large extent, actually do live in our ears and in our sinuses, and they can live quite harmoniously with us. And they're quite good for our defense mechanisms, some of the healthy ones. But if we end up with that little tube being blocked continuously and you can't equalize pressure and you get fluid collecting in your ear, the bugs love that. That's not the normal environment in which they live, and they can multiply and cause infections. But obviously, you can have infections induced as well from picking an infection up from somebody else. That infection now lives in your nose or your sinuses, which is a new infection for you, mm -hmm. and it'll spread from there into your middle ear. So it's like that. It can be an acute infection you're picking up from somebody else, or it, be, or it could be because your nose is blocked all the time. You get an infection. So children are going to crash who are exposed to viruses, who knows, whose noses are snotty and blocked all the time. They're sitting ducks. Those little eustachian tubes get blocked. They get fluid. They get infections. Very often viruses, sometimes bacterial. Um, children who have any kind of abnormality of their nose or of their sinus passages, anything maybe they were born with, that's going to predispose them. Young children, especially those under two years of age, are at very high risk mm -hmm. for these infections as well. Children, as I've mentioned, who go to crash, they're very, uh, they're at risk. I think overall it's just because the, all those tubes are small because they are small. Yes. As they grow older, those tubes get bigger. Well, the whole nasal passage is small, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, a simple common cold in a child that for you and I, Mike, would mean that we maybe have to 
take out a tissue and blow our nose a couple of times, for a little baby, is going to cause the nose to block up because the nose is so small and blocks the eustachian tube. Yeah. So I think the other thing, of course, remember is that in allergies, not necessarily a young children, but anybody, if you're a very allergic person and your nose is running all the time, blocked all the time, you're at very high risk for developing an ear infection. So Just that's, because it blocks off that eustachian tube. Exactly. So that's, mm. that's kind of, I think, where we are. So how do they present, Mike, in your yeah. infection? Okay, so normally there would be, like we have said, an inciting factor or an infection that causes this inflammation in the sinuses. Once that happens, <clears throat> that eustachian tube or that auditory tube blocks off and then the body slowly removes the air out of that the middle ear. And as it does that, it creates a negative pressure, so it's almost like a vacuum, and it starts pulling fluid out of the ears out of the lining of the ears. And because that eustachian tube is blocked, that fluid can't get out. So it slowly accumulates. And as it accumulates, because it's just been there for so long, you start getting the bacteria multiplying in this very nutrient-rich fluid. And your first sign in someone, in a child that can talk, is that the hearing disappears either on one or both ears, depending on which ear is getting that fluid. And then you start getting this, those other signs of inflammation that I explained previously, where you can have pain. This, or the swelling will cause pain. Redness, or when we look into the ear, we'll see the redness, uh, but also fever. Because it's now technically an abscess, it's an enclosed space where this pus and uh, stuff and the bacteria can't get out, it creates an infection that the body then sees and mounts a response to and then causes fever. So that's right. So the, bo- the, the, the response the body mounts will cause the fever. The swelling and the accumulation, the, sw- the, the accumulation of fluid in that middle ear is going to cause that eardrum to start to swell. Uh, that's going to cause the pain and the whole inflammation infection is going to cause redness. So when we examine the child, we are going to find the story is generally, there's been a bit of a snotty congested nose. The child may or may not have been pointing to the ear. If they're old enough, they will tell you the ear is sore. Uh, you examine them and there's a fever. You look down the uh, ear canal with your what's called an otoscope, which we use to look at the ear. And there is this eardrum that's bright red, bulging. And usually when you look at it and you can see through the eardrum into that middle ear space, you will see thick, yellow, mucky, pussy fluid. Uh, I think just for those that haven't actually looked down an ear, we can see through the eardrum because the eardrum is transparent. Yeah. And normally it's a nice... Trans- transparent, shiny, you can actually see the light shining back. Like mother of pearl almost looking yes. in a very normal eardrum. Mm. And the moment that that ear becomes inflamed, that light that we can see and that shininess goes away. Yes. So the light, when you look at it, the light has got a very uh, cone. It looks like a cone or a, or a triangle reflecting onto the eardrum. That's how it looks. Mm. And we can see that and that becomes distorted and you don't see that beautiful yeah. clear shape. That gives us a very good indication that that eardrum, the shape of it has been changed Mm. By the pressure that's built up in the middle ear because of this. Or by the negative pressure. Because that, 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 that thing will also change. Okay. Uh, so pain, fever, and also dizziness or unsteadiness in the younger child. Mm. Uh, just because it's putting pressure on that inner ear that controls your balance. Mm. And then, of course, yeah, well, I, I said, but that inner ear also controls your hearing. So if you have this big mass of fluid, it's going to affect your hearing. And children that have pr- chronic, uh, ear effusions or fluid in the ear or infections, they actually start talking like they sound, or they start sounding like they are talking underwater, or because they, they're hearing everything as though they're underwater. It changes their speech just a bit. So they hear, they hear things louder, if you think about being yes. underwater, when you hear things. So if you're underwater and you touch the side of the pool with a stone, you hear it very loud, because sound is transmitted better in solids than in air. 
So there's supposed to be air in your middle ear all the time. If there's fluid there, the sound waves come down, they go straight through the fluid into the bone, and then you hear through bone, and this makes it very, very loud, but very indistinct. Mm-hmm. And Mike's made a few points here. I think we just need to be clear that you can have fluid in your middle ear that's not infected. Yes. Um, and that could be a chronic problem. That's called a middle ear effusion, which we will talk about. And, we, and that comes to when you do grommets. We'll leave that aside for now. We're talking about the situation where you have, uh, you have an infection in the middle ear with the redness, the pain, the swelling. And yes, there's fluid. And that fluid, even if you treat the ear infection, can take many weeks to completely clear. If it, and if it doesn't clear, then we're in the other realm. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about ear infection? So for me, the simple things are control the pain and fever, number one. Try and clear the nose so that we can try and get that little eustachian or auditory tube open to allow whatever mucky stuff is collected in the ear to drain and hopefully get some air back in there. And if if you can treat the infection, treat the infection. So how do we know it's a bacteria? Well, generally the children are sicker. They're in more pain. There's more redness and swelling on the eardrum when we examine. And it's very often the children under two or three who are at creche who've often had more than one ear infection, and especially if they've had antibiotics, uh, that predisposes to recurrent ear infections and recurrent bacterial infections. So you need to use an antibiotic in that situation. And also the unvaccinated. Yeah, so that was going to be prevention. That's exactly right. So because because we know… Digress into prevention now. Yes, no, no, that's fine. But because, because we know, as we said earlier, the three most common bacteria, we know that two of those a thing called pneumococcus, the other called Haemophilus influenzae, mm-hmm. cause the most severe bacterial ear infections, and we vaccinate against those. Mm-hmm. The Prevenar vaccine and the 16 vaccine contain vaccines against those bacteria, so mm-hmm. they so, work beautifully. So that's, that's 6, 10, 14 weeks and 9 months? 18 months. So 6, 10, 14 weeks and 18 mm-hmm. months is the, the, is the 16 one. Yes. The pneumococcal we do at 6 weeks, 14 weeks, and at 9 months. Yeah. So the thing about the antibiotic is that we know when we see this, especially in the younger children, we need to be using like all antibiotics, the right antibiotic at the right dose for the right condition. So if there is the things we've mentioned, your child is young and at crash and having pain and snotty and congested, crying with ear pain and high fevers, don't just go and get the leftover antibiotics sitting in the fridge. Mm. Don't pop down at the pharmacy and twist the pharmacist's arm to maybe give you a dose. Have your child examined, get on the right dose because mm. it heals very quickly. If it's the right antibiotic for the right condition, it heals quickly. We put some drops up the nose, which we can talk about when we see the children too, drops up the nose that are going to mm-hmm. unblock the nose and unblock the eustachian tube. And my advice always is for the first 48 hours, give your paracetamol for pain and fever every four hours, whether there is a fever or not, because it's painful. Yeah, as that eardrum starts stretching, it's mm. exceptionally yeah, painful. very painful. Yeah. And then we normally check them again after about a week-ish, just to make sure that that infection is better. Because you do sometimes get resistant organisms, especially if you're in school, where you've, the child has been exposed to other children that have received lots of antibiotics. Sometimes you get an, a, a bacteria that just doesn't respond to the antibiotics. Yeah, so I don't necessarily call the mums back with the children to examine, but I certainly will say upfront, my expectation from mm-hmm. what I'm seeing in the medication I'm giving is that in 48 hours, this, 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 and this should have happened. Yeah. The fever should be controlled. The pain should look better. Baby should be eating. Better. If anything that is not happening, and especially if the fever hasn't settled, let me know. Yeah, so the ones that I have brought back, often the infection, like that white pus that's sitting behind the eardrum, is 
no longer there, but the fluid is still there. Mm. That's why the clearing of the nose and the drops that we use in the nose, that normally takes a bit longer. We use that for a bit longer yep. in the antibiotics. Up to, up to a month, in fact, mm. in, in really bad ear infections, it can take that long for it to completely drain all that fluid out. And that can even become very sticky. And that is what would actually get oh, that, that thick and sticky stuff becomes a glue ear. And that's it's very what we call tenacious and just doesn't drain because it's too thick to drain through that auditory tube so if your children have a larger two thanks for listening if Bye. you can hear properly with your ear infection thanks for listening bye bye thanks for listening if you found this of value please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook at two Pete in a podcast at two Pete in a podcast TWO not the numerical two this is our disclaimer the information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion we're giving it to you for your own information Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.